0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Welcome in to Vern's post game show.
1: Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. Yeah, here I
2: am. Good evening. It's over. It's all over. Royals are swept out of Miami, dropping the finale by a final score of six-one. I don't really know what to say after that one. It happened so quickly. Sure, you were in the game, yeah. I guess you led the game, yeah. Royals uh, up one nothing. And then they allow six unanswered and lose for the 44th time here in game number 62. I, I I do have a question for you. It doesn't really pertain to this game. This game was a bunch of uh, nothing, really, at least as far as I'm concerned. We'll get to Jordan Lyles. He deserves some credit for his performance today, no question. But I do have a question for you, a topic if you will Uh, but before we get to that let me give you the phone number in case you want to dive in x's and o's you want to scream about the manager here's the phone number 913-586-7610 that's 913-586-7610 the game quick takeaways from this 6-1 loss no one culprit this I, I can't imagine this is going to be a, a post-game show in which we're picking on one individual. Now, the defense was fine. The suspect or the culprit of late has been the defense. The focus of these post-game shows have been the lackluster, lazy, at times stupid defense from this team. Not the case. No, uh, no. Mike Helgarcia, so very smooth at third base. Bobby Witt Jr. showing off the arm. Vinny Pasquantino showing off the flexibility with a nice stretch in the seventh inning. MJ Melendez, small, but but a nice night in right field. Made a pair of nice running catches. He makes a pair of nice running catches that only get mentioned for a young man that is still learning a new position at the big league level. So the defense was fine. The pitching, look, Jordan Lyles earned his paycheck. No question about it. I got nothing bad to say about Lyles. I don't want to say what everyone else is saying, but it is true. His final line is not indicative of how well he pitched tonight. Five earned runs on seven hits, or excuse me, Five earned runs on six hits across seven innings of work. Lyles walks only one, and that one is likely the biggest gripe that we have with Jordan Lyles tonight, right? Walking that nine-hitter in the third inning. That nine-hitter being the first of three runs to touch home plate on a three-run home run in that three-run third inning three run blast and then nothing else <laughs> now listen I, I i laugh but a three run home run isn't a death knell right you can overcome a three run home run especially when you already had a run on the board royals only down 2 after 3 but man did it feel a lot larger than that am i alone That home run, that 445-foot blast from Jesus Sanchez in the third made it 3-1 Miami, but it didn't feel like a two-run game. Royals had chances offensively, had the leadoff man on in four straight innings. Leadoff man came around to score once. Highlights from this one, again, Jordan Lyles, you give him some love. Uh, Lyles also was allowed five earned runs in five of his last eight outings. Uh, But the offense, yeah, uh, had chances, but it was also an offense that felt very easy to navigate your way through, especially with four straight lefties coming out of the bullpen throwing gasoline. For a team that is very left-handed heavy, and I know MJ hits lefties well, but for a team that's very left-handed heavy, Seeing one southpaw come out of the pen after another throwing cheese made that two-run deficit feel a lot larger, not to mention what Edward Cabrera was doing in his five innings of work. Sure, a few leadoff walks there, but then he would pound the strike zone. Royals only had three hits tonight. They all come from the young group, the unproven position players we talk so much about. Nick Prado with an RBI single in the third. Vinny Pasquantino snaps an 0 for 17 with his ninth inning double, and Michael Garcia, a leadoff single in that third inning. He comes around to score the Royals' only run. Phone lines are open for you 913 586 7610. Again, that's 913 586 7610. My question for you tonight is this as the Royals reach game number 62 with a record of 18 and 44. Second worst record at the 62 game marker. Second worst record in franchise history. Only those boys of summer back in 2006 were off to a worse start. They were 16 and 46. So as we sit here with 100 games to play, what are your hopes for the final 100? Uh, That's not just some generic, hey, uh, here's a question. Maybe a better way to put it would be this. Do you have hopes for these final 100? 100 games remain. What are we looking for? 913-586-7610. Text line as well, it's open there for you. The J Southland Lanto service text line, 913-586-7610. We're all going to be evaluating. I, I don't need that as your response. Well, I want to see how the young kids progress. Well, y- Yes, I. we're all going to watch that. What are you hoping for? And I use the word hope because it has a positive connotation with it. When you hope for something, you get excited about it. What are you excited about over these final 100 games? Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. I got a few things that jump out to me. I'll give you those in a moment, but I want to hear from you first. What are your final one hundred games? What are your hopes for the final one hundred games? Nine one three five eight six seven six ten. Let's start off out in Overland Park. Don, you're hitting leadoff tonight. Don, you're on hey, Six Ten you- Sports Radio. Go ahead.
3: Hey Vern, I appreciate uh, everything you do. Uh, I listen to you, about every night.
2: Thanks, man.
3: If if you want to know the next 100 games, the last thing the Royals need to be even thinking about is getting rid of Salvi. First of all, if you do that, uh, your fan base is going nowhere. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr., Pasquantino, they're great, but they're not Salvi. Our season's over. You know, I don't know. Uh, And tonight, you know, after the seventh inning, uh, not taking Lyles out, I don't know what we're doing. Our coaching is not. we're, We're a day late and a dollar short. Putting him back out in the eighth inning, yeah, for the ninth batter, I can understand that part. But when it goes up to the number one batter, yeah. Granted, he's one for three, yeah. but where, 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 where'd that get us? And we're, like I say, Vern, we're a day late and a dollar short. I'll always keep listening to the Royals, and I uh, appreciate uh, everything you do. I listen to you every night.
2: Well, that means a lot to me, Don. Nice to know I got, uh, I got at least uh, two out there. I know you're listening, and I'm pretty sure my mom's still listening. Although I haven't heard from her today, this may have pushed her over the edge uh don hits on a pair of things number 1 yeah um the salvador perez conversation we we've we've had it on this show since the beginning of the season we've been talking about it dating back to spring training the the realistic chances of trading salvador perez and uh, an even brighter light was shined on that conversation this week as ken rosenthal of the athletic puts a piece out And whenever Ken Rosenthal or Jeff Passan or John Heyman, you know, the the big dogs in the baseball reporting world, whenever they put something out there, it's being put out there for a reason. It's being fed to them for a reason from someone of note. And what was put out there by Ken Rosenthal was, of course, the Royals are shopping Aroldis Chapman. But in their conversations with other teams about Aroldis, uh, the Royals obviously um, trying to encourage teams to act quickly so you can have more innings with Chapman in your bullpen, which is good. But they're also making overtures for these possible matches for Chapman to to also take Scott Barlow, a, a package deal, to make it a bigger return to make it a bigger prized prospect not only are they trying to package Chapman with Barlow but to certain organizations they're floating out the idea of getting Chapman and his Miami neighbor Salvador Perez and I brought this up on last night's show I brought it up earlier today on the on-deck show I'll throw it out there again today saying that Don brought it up are you starting to come to grips with the idea that Salvi could be and more than likely will be in a different uniform? Not saying this year, but by the end of next season, certainly by the end of his contract, are you starting to digest the fact that Salvi could end his career outside of Kansas City? 913 586 7610. To your point about Matt Cotrero's bullpen usage in this 6 1 loss, I got to be honest with you as I'm managing along with the game, I understand those concerns. I thought about it, but I still would have left Jordan Lyles out there for Luisa Rise. I'm sorry. I want to utilize the benefit of hindsight. Because you make a very fine point, and the reasons why I would have left him in there are because I don't care about wins and losses. Royals trailed 3-1, heading to the bottom of the eighth inning. Meaning the Royals have three outs remaining. Three outs remaining, and it's the top of your lineup. Two runs is not insurmountable. That's a bloop and a blast. I understand all of that, but I'm giving Jordan Lyles the nine hitter. He's at only 80 pitches. You're 24 now 25 games below 500. I don't have an argument. If you in the moment Donner saying pull him do not allow him to face Luis arise for a fourth time man on first nobody out bring in. Well, they're not bringing in a role this Chapman. I know he was up and getting warm but you're not bringing a Roldis Chapman in when you're down by two runs. No. You're not bringing Scott Barlow in when you're down by two runs. Not doing it. So if you think things would have gone differently with Jose Quas on the mound against Luis Rice, you might be right. Personally, I don't. And I'm not putting a big gun in that spot, quote-unquote, a big gun out of the bullpen in that spot. So you wanted Quas, I'm fine riding with Jordan Lyles, letting him try to finish off that eighth inning. Again, Lyles goes seven innings for the third time this season. No other Royal has done it once. So trying to get him to go through that eighth, uh, and and again, remember what this Royals offense was showing you. Knowing that A.J. Puck is warming in the bullpen, ready to face lefties and Prado, Pasquantino, and possibly Melendez. Royals hadn't had someone touch second base since the third inning. Miami pitching had faced the minimum in each of the previous five frames. In the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth innings, three batters faced, three outs recorded. I have a tough time putting this one on the manager or even taking any umbrage with the decisions that Q made tonight. But you make a fair point, Don, and I, I, I can't fight you because of the name that you're bringing up is Luis Ariza, a guy hitting 400. The guy that I'm trying to defend is Jordan Lyles, who has the highest ERA in baseball at 6.84. Let's go to Dennis in Kansas City. Dennis, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead.
3: Well, as I indicated, I've been uh, a loyal fan since the first game I ever saw in 1977. And the Royals are really disappointing me right now. But what's most disappointing is they get four four leadoff batters on in four innings, and they don't ever bunt anybody over that's total crap for a team that isn't scoring runs they need to start forgetting about the long ball and start playing little ball
2: i got you dennis thanks for the phone call let's take a look at those four straight innings with the leadoff men on Uh, the first came in the third that was michael garcia single to center He was advanced to second base by Jackie Bradley Jr. And Nick Prado drove him home. So they got the job done there in the third. Thanks for the phone call. In the fourth, a leadoff walk to MJ Melendez is quickly erased as he's caught stealing. Doesn't give Bobby Witt Jr. a chance to lay down a bunt. Furthermore, I'm not asking Bobby Witt Jr. to bunt. Man on first, we want him to bunt. What are you talking about? Lead-off man in the fifth inning, Michael Massey, which brings Michael Garcia to the dish. I'm not asking Michael Garcia to bunt, because waiting on deck is Jackie Bradley Jr. All right. So now we go to the sixth inning. Lead-off walk to Nick Prado. That brings up Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, lefty on lefty. Okurt throwing gasoline. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair ask of the undeniable Vinny Pasquantino. Hey, how about you square up and lay down a bunt? I don't think, in my opinion, that the opportunity presented itself. Now, if you're just throwing it out there haphazardly, hey, bunt more. If If you don't have a specific spot in which you're talking about, I think you're just, um, listen. Uh, you know I'm not you're you're not nitpicking you're you you're you're upset that your team is once again at its low water mark for the season now 26 games is that right are you kidding me 26 games below 500 on pace to finish the season 47 and 115. yeah look if 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 square and bunt was was going to change this game or or this season I I feel fairly certain that this team would do that. Uh, who on this team have, have we seen bunt well? Michael Massey actually did lay down a bunt today. A pretty nice one, as a matter of fact, in the second inning, Dennis. Ah, I wish I would have caught that earlier. Yeah, Michael Massey laid down a beautiful bunt in the second inning. And Marlin starting pitcher Edwin, or Edwin, uh, Edward Cabrera, made a sensational barehanded play on it. So they did bunt. Didn't work. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing really worked today. Not much has really worked this season. It certainly wasn't working today. But, hey, I do have good news. I do have good news. Daniel Lynch starts the Royals next game, and Brady Singer starts the game after that.
0: What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Reason to be excited about something. The game on Friday and Saturday. If that doesn't do it for you, I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you in 2023. But knowing that Lynch is on the mound, Singer's on the mound in the next two games. That gets me going, okay, now now, now I'll be excited to uh, show up for these because you got a young, girl, homegrown pitcher on the mound with years of team control, and behind him, defensively, and in the lineup, you're going to have a bunch of young, ger, homegrown position players with years of team control. What you're going to watch on Friday night and Saturday night in Baltimore is at least something that we can invest in. Jordan Lyles, tough to invest in his starts. Zach Greinke, Mike Myers, tough to invest in their starts. Lynch on Friday in Baltimore. Singer, Saturday afternoon in Baltimore. Uh, Not an easy matchup. Baltimore's got some mashers. It's a real good team. They're all good teams in the American League East. Uh, So we do have good news. We do have... Uh, worthy arms on the hill, worthy of your excitement, worthy of your investment. Uh, I'm still curious, though, of our question. Uh, Your hope for the final 100 games. What excites you? What are you invested in moving forward? 100 games remain. What do you hope to take out of it, if anything? 913 586 7610. That's the phone number. 913 586 7610. Royals are swept out of Miami. They dropped the finale 6 1. We're back with more of your thoughts after this.
1: Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Your home for K-State athletics is right here on 610 Sports Radio, KCSP Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, always live on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show. Here's Royals insider Josh Vernier. 6-1 the final score. Royals lose to the
2: Fish and are swept out of Miami. Take an off day in Baltimore and then open up a three game set with the O's on Friday night. Phone lines are open for you. The text line is there as well 913 586 7610. My game notes are brought to you by Jay's Southland Toe Service. Nick Prado in 35 games since being recalled, hitting 308 with an OPS of 890. I'll say it again. Since being recalled at the end of April, he's one of the 10 best hitters in the American League. Royals pitching, though, gives up six runs, at least six. Well, they give up six today, and they've given up at least six runs in 24 of the first 62 games. That's basically 40% of your games. Holy crap. Just doing that... uh, uh, yeah, just saying that out loud. Wow. Uh, Royals are 1-23 in 23 in games in which they've allowed six or more runs. Let's go to the text line from the 3 one Fern, my hope for these final 100 games is that the Royals go on a 111-game winning streak. I see, yes. Uh, 100 games, uh, 11 in the postseason. Sure, yeah, that'd be great. Outside of that, my hopes are they can just give me something, anything to believe in. From the front office down to the minors, Vern. Right now, there's very little hope, very little to believe in. Uh, well, c- certainly in 2023 at the big league level, at the AAA level, I'm with ya. you. You want to talk a ball? <laughs> Are you interested in bullpen arms at the double-A level? No? Okay. Well, then you're right. 913-586-7610. Let's go back to the text line. From the 785, Vern, I love the way Matt Crotrero always talks about how good the opposing pitcher is. What a joke. All pitchers look like Cy Young against us. It's a little dramatic. They all don't look like Cy Young. But listen, I already flipped out once about the way that Q offers up praise for the opposition as if his clubhouse isn't loaded with big leaguers too. What are we going to do? Uh, yeah, I, I I blew my top in early April about that because it was also coming from the clubhouse of Hey, what do you expect us to do? He's Alec Manoa, you know. Uh, oh, what do you what do you expect us to do? That's Kevin Gosman. That's Sonny Gray. That's Pablo Lopez. That's Lucas Giolito. That's uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you're supposed to have those players too, which actually leads me to to my answer to my own question that I'm. Posing to you, final 100 games begin Friday night in Baltimore. What's your hope? Do you have hope for the final 100? Maybe you're, you you don't. It's, yeah, you know, I'm checking in here and there. Listen to your show if it's on during my drive home. Pay attention to the Royals, but I'm not living and dying with them. I'm not watching every single pitch, every single game what excites you what 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 about these final 100 games warrants your attention for me i want to see if brady singer and daniel lynch can create a win day feel brady singer had that feel last season had that feel for the final 3 months of last season where Driving to the ballpark, I felt if the Royals can put three runs on the board, Brady's going to win this thing. Almost got to a point last season where driving to the ballpark, you would think, hey, I might see something special tonight. If Brady's got the sinker slider working, mixes in the changeup properly, I could see something special tonight. And if I felt that way, imagine what the guys in the clubhouse feel. The same way that it was with James Shields back in the day, Edinson Volk, Danny Duffy had a few stretches, Jordano Ventura had a few stretches like that, where, man, I might see something special tonight. And those hitters would drive to the ballpark, knowing all we got to do is scratch across a few runs, and that's going to be good enough to win. Because Wago G is going to hold it down or the Duff Man or whatever it was. I want to see if over these final 100 games, beginning with Friday's game and Daniel Lynch's third start of the season, can they create a win day feel to where the pressure isn't on Bobby and Pasquantino and Prado and Melendez and Michael and Michael every single time when they come to the dish, if you don't get it done, we ain't gonna win because the pitching we ain't got enough pitching. Now you had enough pitching today, just certainly not enough offense. Royals lose six to one. 7610 is our phone number. 913 586 7610. If Singer and Lynch can create that over these final 100 games, there's absolutely no excuse for ownership nor this front office to not attack this offseason and give us a winner next year. No excuse. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee. Big T, you're on the postgame show. Go ahead. Hey. Yeah,
4: Vern, thanks for taking my call. Uh, first of all, Vern, I'm not a Miami Marlins fan, but I am a Luis Sarai's fan. Uh, that dude, man, we haven't had anybody hitting 400 this late in the year uh, at this time of the year since Chipper Jones back in the day. So I'm rooting for that dude to 2008? hit 400 because yeah. I love baseball. But uh, So I answer your question, Vern. You talked about two guys already, Brady Singer, da- Daniel Lynch. That is hope. And we need those guys. They could be part of the two pieces of the puzzle, two guys we can count on moving forward for the rest of this year and next. Another person you mentioned, Nick Prado. I love watching him burn. I have hope. It gives me hope watching a dude like that. He sprays the ball around. He works the pitcher's count. He takes walks. He has a little bit of pop. He plays fantastic defense. I love that guy. I hope they don't trade him. Speaking of trades, when they do trade, and on, on the dust settles, I hope they win their trades. And last but not least, this has got to happen. I hope uh, Jordan Lyles gets a victory victory before the end of the year, Burn. He cannot go over; he just can't. Thanks for taking my call, Burn. Go Royals.
2: Yeah, I just earlier today I was on with Cody and Gold. I joined them every Wednesday at twelve thirty, and and you know they brought up Jordan Lyles and. Cody Tapp earlier today on the double play made the bet that the Royals were going to win the game. I lost my bet too. He actually won um, the the no runs in the first bet, so I can't put down Cody. Um, I can if I wanted to. I choose not to. Um, But we were talking about Jordan Lyles, who, yes, is now 0-10 on the season. The Royals have lost all 13 games in which he started. And I made the point, he can't lose every game. Come on. You now hopefully Barn injury knock on wood. He'll make 30 some odd starts. He's not going to lose all 30. Get real. And to that assertion, Alex Gold said, "Why can't he?" No, he certainly can. There's no reason why he can't. And he's right. Now, I don't think Lyles is going to lose every single game. Uh, but I remember when I first started in radio back in, what was that, like 04, 05, I remember uh, Mike Maroth lost 20-some-odd games with that god-awful Detroit Tigers team that almost set a new record for most losses by an American League ball club, something that this ball club might flirt with as the calendar continues to turn. Big T, thanks for the phone call. 6-1, the final score. We go back to the text line, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Uh, Joey in Grain Valley, simply put, uh, I guess Lyles did okay, but Vern, this is getting ugly. For the fourth time this season, Jordan Lyles records an out in the seventh inning. Now, he would finish the seventh inning. Again, seven frames, Five runs on six hits, two strikeouts, one walk. But the rest of the Royals' rotation has recorded one out in the seventh only once. Brad Keller went what six and two-thirds back in early April. Other than that, nobody else in this rotation has gone and recorded a single out in the seventh inning. Lyles has done it four times. Now, sure, he's also given up 18 home runs, which is more than anyone in the sport. Sure, yeah, but I are going to talk about negative stuff. Sure. Text line 913-586-7610. Rally Mantis wants to send Jordan Lyles to Omaha.
3: Well,
2: that's not going to happen. From the 816, Vern, has MJ Melendez ever been a base dealer? Why was that the time to send him? Nobody out, man on first, fourth inning. Uh, I, I, I don't think it was. Uh, no, there wasn't a hit and run there. At least I don't believe it was. Yeah, I, I I don't have the answer. MJ Belendez has the ability to steal double-digit bases. Has the ability to steal fifteen. Uh, he he's not a plotting, power-hitting catcher or power-hitting corner outfielder. He's got some athleticism. Um, but I I I had no issue with it. I mean, you're you're doing. I don't know, is Bobby going that well? Where, hey, come on, let let Bobby do damage. Don't be trying to take an extra 90 feet in front of Bobby Witt. Am I missing something here? No. MJ, if you got the chance, man, and you, 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 you get the green light, go for it. No, I had no issue with that. Doesn't mean I'm right, just letting you know where I was. Kyle in Odessa writes in, Verna, when are you going to have your Harry Doyle moment? Uh, Harry Doyle, of course, from Major League. Uh, when am I going to have my Harry Doyle moment? Well, that could mean a lot of things. Uh, a Harry Doyle moment could be like getting drunk on the air, cussing on the air, uh, or being really funny on the air. So I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. Been a while since I've been funny, haven't been drunk on the air since college, and haven't cussed on the air since one of my first few times on the air. Boy, that was awful. Text line 913-586-7610. What are you hoping to see here in these final 100 games of 2023? 913 586 7610. That's the phone number. That's also the text line number. Again, 913 586 7610. Let's go to James in Westport. James, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Go ahead.
3: What do you say, Vern? I'm telling you, this baseball team can take you through everything this year. But the one thing I want to say, and I appreciate everything you do when you talk about the 2012 team. You, they grew up together, Hosmer, Mustakis, everybody. They grew up. They won Class A. They won a Double A. They won an Arkansas. They won a crown in Omaha. And now we're watching these new group come up in the major leagues, and we're like expecting them to win. Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody that's expecting them to win. Um, they're, they're 26 games below 500. We've all kind of accepted that, uh, they ain't going to be winning all that much. So no, I'm not kidding you, James, that it, that's all you got. Yeah, yeah, no, listen, I've, I don't, maybe you're new around here and if, uh, if you are welcome, nice to have you. Yeah, we've been calling this an evaluation season since spring training. You know, I'm never one to open up the season waving the white flag. So, sure, I I graded the team on wins and losses over the first couple weeks of the season. Then it was so very obvious that they didn't have enough talent, uh, pitching, experience to win much of anything. So then, yeah, we we started taking a step back and just... Focusing on what matters, and that is those young players that you're alluding to that have come up together. Members of the 2019 draft class, Vinny, Bobby, and Massey. The 2018 draft class of Bubich and Isbell and Lynch and Brady Singer. The 2017 draft class of Waters, Prado, and Melendez. That's what we've been talking about. Um, now. I have no problem if a Royals fan takes issue with going through 162 games with an organization that from day one has told you, yeah, we're probably not going to be winning that much, but we should know what we have in about six months. James, you can't expect fans to just, oh, okay, guys, sure, here's my money. No. Even if it's not about the money, you can't expect fans of a baseball team that have seen that baseball team good a few times, depending on how old they are. But you can't expect a fan base to just blindly follow whatever they're told, especially when 85% of the time what they're told turns out to be wrong. And the products a lot worse than what they told, what they were told it was going to be. All right, if you were born in 1993, you're about to celebrate your 30th birthday. How many times have the Royals delivered? You know, the game got ripped away from you in '94. Uh, one, two, three four, five, six, seven, you know, eight, eight times in 30 years. You can't expect the fan base to just, oh yeah, let's go along with it. I, okay. Let's, let's evaluate these kids. No, no, no. Let's not get them proper pitching. No, let, let's not get them the type of arms needed to take some of the burden off of their shoulders. Let's have them wear it. Let's have them wear it again. right, Bobby wore it last year. MJ wore it for almost all of last year. Vinny wore it. Massey did a little bit there at the end. Prado did in spurts. Now, Now let's have them wear it for a full 162. And some of them that were having wear it may not be equipped mentally, physically, emotionally to wear it. Now, 2012, the reason I make that comparison is because the franchise, in my opinion, was at a crossroads after that 2012 season. Do we really ask these young hitters to wear it again? Can we go through 2013 asking Moose and Haas and uh, Salvi and these guys to carry the team all season? No, we got to go get them adequate pitching. And again, they trade for Jeremy Guthrie, they trade for Irvin Santana, they trade for James Shields and Wade Davis. Now, if you could tell me they're going to acquire four pitchers that are going to give them 900 innings next year, okay, yeah, I think we all could lighten up. But right now you look towards 2024 and you say we got Singer, Lynch, and Lyles. That's not going to be enough. That is going to lead to these young 23, 24, 25-year-olds. That's going to lead to them wearing it again for a full 162. And what does that do to a player's psyche? What does that do to a team's psyche? How do you play team baseball on a nightly basis when your pitching staff's giving up at least six runs a night? How don't you look internally and go, all right, how do I get mine? How do I secure the bag? I got to start worrying about mine. You know what? I'm not laying down that sacrifice. I'm not hitting the ball the other way. I'm turning. I'm burning. I'm launch angling this bad boy over the wall, or at least I'm trying to with every swing because that's how you get paid. It's tough. 913 586 7610. Again, that's 913 586 7610. No doubt it's going to be bumpy. But, James, you've got to understand a lot of people that are calling in, that are texting the show, don't have time in their day to day activity to truly see the difference between the organization in 2023 and the organization in 2018. Now, they're very different. Ownership, the front office, the coaching staff, the way they implement and utilize data, it is a vastly different organization. But for the average Royals fan that has a life, man, all I know is they stink again. They stunk in 2018, and they stink five years later. The hell's going on? I can't hate on anybody for being disappointed in this season, for being frustrated with this season, for not giving this team a pass because, well, they're evaluating. Now, I could sit here and explain all the differences and why I believe the organization's in a much better spot today than they were 24 months ago. This is a billion-dollar industry. It's a bottom-line business. What have you done for me lately? And lately, the Royals are losing and losing a lot. That's all that matters. And when they're not losing, they're coming up every once in a while with some story about them wanting a downtown ballpark. Look, I understand the, the negativity that right now reigns supreme in this fan base. I can't look down my nose at anyone for being agitated, James, and I would advise you do the same. Royals lose 6-1. They're swept out of Miami and now enjoy an off day in Baltimore before opening up a three-game set with the O's. We'll head inside that Royals clubhouse and take a dive back into that text line after this.
1: Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. 6-1, the final score,
2: Royals are swept out of Miami and fall to a new low, 26 games below five hundred. We got 100 games to play. 100 games remain in this very, very difficult season of 2023, this evaluation season of 2023. I'm asking you, uh, what's your hope for the final 100? Do you have a personal hope for this team in the final 100 games? Because they're not doing anything of note, right? They're not going to win anything of note. We all hope that they win in the near future, but that's not going to happen until at least 2024. I'm talking about this year, final 100 games. What do you hope to see? I told you earlier, mine is, Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch can create a a win-day feel. Take some of the burden off of the shoulders of these young, unproven position players. Singer can lock back into the form we saw last year. Daniel Lynch can join them. Maybe that becomes a nice little one-two. Even if they ping-pong back and forth, who delivers on those win-day expectations? So long as you feel it, Driving to the ballpark, it's not this. Woe is us. This. We gotta score seven runs in order to win. Not, not. And by the way, not, not trying to let the offense off the hook. Offense didn't do anything today. Sixteenth time this season, Royals offense has scored one run or been shut out. Sixteenth time here in. Game number 62. That's uh, more than a quarter of your games. All right, let's go to the text line. 913-586-7610. Again, that's 913-586-7610. Man, getting a lot of reaction again tonight on the text line. Don't know what's going on, but uh, yes, I do. East Coast games were on a lot earlier tonight. That's why. All right, from the 816, Vern, my hope for the final 100 is that the pitching becomes less risk averse and just goes out there and battles. Stop nibbling. Walks are killing us. Yeah, you're right. And it's it's strange that that, well, it's not strange that that's your hope. Um, It's strange that that is a request right now from a fan, knowing that the mantra this entire spring training, the whole camp was raid the zone, throw the ball over the middle of the plate, and let your movement take care of the rest. And here we are asking for them to stop nibbling and just attack. From the 913, Vern, I'll bet the Royals would make a fortune selling vacuums this year. I got it. Pam writes in Vern, my only hope is that ownership is embarrassed enough to do something wholesale about this mess he has created with the team. Whether it's getting rid of the manager, whether getting rid of um, star players, whatever it takes to put a winning team on the field, that's what needs to happen. Uh, okay, Pam. Yeah, I agree. We all hope to see a winner, um, but I think that goes without saying. What does that have to do with the final 100 games? The only thing you came up with is do something to make them better. I don't know why replacing the managers on the tip of your tongue. From the 816, Vern, there's very little to believe in, but you can believe they damn sure want a new stadium. Yes, indeed, they do. And they're going to get it. You know they're getting it. I know they're getting it. We all know they're getting it. I just don't know what world you guys live in. Have you been around where a billionaire doesn't get what they want? On this country. Mark writes in, Vern, my hope is that we move some of our veterans and get some real prospects like you talked about earlier today on the pregame show. Well, they're going, well, they're going to move players. There's no doubt about that. Aroldis Chapman will be moved. Scott Barlow, Salvador Perez, Nicky Lopez, everyone is available. Everyone should be available. The only guys, in my opinion, you're not going to move are the guys that are disappointing. The young, homegrown players that have disappointed thus far. You're not moving those guys. So if you're disappointed that Bobby Witt Jr., uh, that his OPS after, what, 61 games? If you're disappointed that his OPS still sits in the high 600s, that his batting average is 234, well, then you're not moving him. You're not taking pennies on the dollar for someone that you believe to be more talented than what they've shown. You're not moving M.J. Melendez. Right now, you, you're you not moving Brady Singer. Right now. Right now, you're not. It's June 7th. Trade deadline's August 1st. And Brady locks it into gear. Hey, can't rule it out. Text line 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. From the 816, Vern, I may have asked you this before, but uh, it's hard for me to hear your show. Who are they giving up to go out and get these pitchers like they did in 2012? That's a very good question. If you ever have a tough time hearing the show, don't forget you can always download the podcast on the Odyssey app or really wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for the... Uh, All Things Vern podcast. All Things Vern. All the postgame shows are there. Uh, Who would they give up? Take your pick. Uh, Like I just said, there isn't an untouchable in this organization. Now, you want to start with the big club? Just as I said, I'm not going to trade anyone that has disappointed or is disappointing. The guys at the big league level that I'm willing to trade are the guys that are impressing. Prado or Pasquantino, I think you can move one of them. To me, it makes more sense to move Vinny. He's a year older. He can't play a corner outfield position like Nick can. Uh, But we can go throughout the minor leagues. The, the, there's really no one that I'm unwilling to part with. You know, top prospect, sure. Right, last time to give up, to get uh, James Shields and Wade Davis, he had to give up a your top prospect in Will Myers, who was knocking on the door at AAA. See, you don't have that. All your Will Myers are in the big leagues. So, Michael Garcia, you know, he's. Uh, Yeah, to me, it's it's Prado, it's Garcia, you know, Massey, sure. Vinny Pasquantino, maybe a Brady Singer, maybe a Daniel Lynch. Looking down at the AAA level, I don't think you're giving up anybody of note there. You know, Tyler Gentry, Nick Lofton. If a team's interested and that sweetens the pod for them, sure, go for it. Down at the AA level, yeah, you got some pitchers that flash at times, the Andrew Hoffmans, the bullpen arms of Chamberlain and Cruz. A lot of the, the pitching that this organization has and what I would think would interest other clubs the most are the guys that you have at high A and low A, the pitchers, the Mazzucatos and uh, Panzinis and Cooterna's, Sandlin, Chamberlain, the, the starter that he got for the Yankees last season. And I know that seems odd. Vern, the the, the team's 26 games below 500. They're not going to be good this year, maybe not good next year. Why are you going to part with someone that could help you in 2025 or 2026? And while that's a very fair point, maybe you're against trading a Gavin Cross or a Caden Wallace or a Frank Mazzucato because – Hey, we gotta have a next wave. There needs to be something to look forward to in 2026. You gotta put a winner on the field. You gotta put a competitive team on the field. You gotta. This fan base Oh, well, you've heard it. You understand. You guys know, you feel it as well. It it's we're in a bad spot right now. As Royals fans, as Royals media, it's, it's a it's a bad place to be right now. They got to get out of that. I I don't I don't know if the fan base can handle another 20 months of this. And you got to put a much better product on the field next season and 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 do it however it takes. Whatever you got to part with. Now, there is a way to win tri- I mean You can win trades, you know, for as much as GMs say, oh, we want both sides to win. Those are the best kind of trades. I don't really give a damn about the other side. Fleece other teams if you can. Have one-sided trades if you can. That is a possibility. That is something that we don't normally um, bring up. But if you're going to attempt to emulate Tampa, that's what they do. And if you're going to try and emulate what Cleveland does, that's drafting and developing pitching. So get to work, get ready for the July draft. Because you got to hit there, you got to hit at the deadline, and you got to hit with your offseason trades. That's the only way you're going to be able to replicate what they're doing in Tampa, what they're doing in Cleveland got to start holding this organization to a different standard it's not what it once was where you're just looking at well give these guys a few years let them grow together no no if you're if you're truly going to churn talent if you're going to be more transactional it's not a wait and see approach it's not a waiting game it's a proactive transactional aggressive game trade deadline less than two months away Back to the text line 913 586 7610 as the Royals are swept out of Miami 6 1, the final score. From the 816, Vern, my hope for the final 100 games, I would like to see a series win after every two series losses. I don't want to see any more sweeps, no blowout losses. I think that's a realistic goal. Uh, I do not think that's a realistic goal. I'm sorry, no sweeps, no blowout losses. I don't know who that's a realistic goal for in baseball. There's maybe four teams that that's a realistic goal for. Mikey and Lee Summit writes in, Vern, the youth on this team is exciting. If they're making progress, and I'm looking at the bats specifically, Now that said, the last regime taught us how important defense and pitching is. That's what we really don't have. Yeah, I agree. The youth of the team is exciting, and I talk about those younger bats every single night on the on deck show. Uh, but yeah, you're not winning anything without very good pitching and very good defense. And you're and you're right. Right now, the Royals don't have either one. Although. We get Lynch and Singer coming up this weekend in Baltimore, and the defense played a, a pretty solid eight innings tonight. You got you to gotta take them, take the wins when you can, and tonight defensively was a win. Now, sure, the Royals have still had multiple errors in six of their last 24 games, uh, but tonight didn't have a single error. The low bar Chris in Topeka writes in Vern the fact that there are so many people listening to you right now with game three of the NBA finals on should tell you that we must believe in something whatever that is Signed, Chris in Topeka well Chris I appreciate that I I really do and I love the NBA but Kansas City does not love the NBA. Royals will all... Well, I don't want to say always. Yeah, if the NBA is getting... Now, you know what? I don't want to say anything. Yeah, you know what? I appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Way to go, Royals. Way to have more people in Kansas City dialed into you than the NBA Finals. And baseball's only a provincial game, right? If Most cities, they love their team, and they don't really care about baseball outside of their team. If that goes away, well, then we're in a world of hurt, right? If the NBA becomes bigger than the Royals in Kansas City, boy, oh, boy, that would be a very sad day. From the 785, Vern, I like Matt Quotrero but I think he's a little too nice and could be better about lighting a fire under our guys instead of complimenting how much better everyone else is. Uh, I'm not going to say he's too nice. I don't think what ails this team is the manager not lighting a fire under them. Q is very pragmatic. He's a delegator. You know, I, 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 I don't know if you would feel that way if you got a chance to talk with Brian Sweeney, the pitching coach, or Paul Hoover, the bench coach, or Alex Zumwalt, the hitting coach. But if you, if you talk to the people that are with these guys in the drills, working with them every single day, I, I, I don't think you'd say, wow, these guys are really laid back. No, Paul Hoover just screams intensity, Brian Sweeney is just an energy giver to everyone he comes in contact with, just like Alex Zumwalt, and I can go on with the rest of the coaching staff. But I understand that impression. I understand that perception of Q. Honestly, I've thought about that angle before. And whether or not I should start really highlighting that. And is he doing a good job? Is he allowing too much? Right, the old adage, I talk about those defensive miscues, the old adage of you're either teaching it or allowing it, and either way it's uh, not good. I've thought about, should I start going in on cue? Are these mistakes a reflection of poor coaching? then you get in there you get around them you get around the rest of the coaching staff and man, I don't I don't think that's what it is I've I understand where you're coming from I've 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 had those exact same thoughts but I don't think that's it Raj in the Ozarks Vern I'm hoping for these final 100 games I'm hoping that they show that these are indeed major league baseball players Yeah me too Raj Me too. If we get to the end of the season and we realize that of the, let's say, 12 players that are being evaluated this season, more than half of them, it's a negative, it's a thumbs down, it's a no. Boy. If that's the case, there's no way to save them next season, in my opinion. Now if if that's the case, there's no way they're they're not a Guthrie Santana shields away They're a few drafts and a few years away from the five two o Vern this team is exactly what they paid for agreed from the nine one three Vern My hope is that the ownership group will spend four hundred million dollars in free agents over the next two seasons in exchange for the Four hundred million in funding that they're asking for, when it comes to the stadium. Well, you know that's not going to happen, and I'm pretty sure they're asking for more than four hundred million. From the eight one six, Vern Salvia is a bad example for these young guys. What? He swings at everything. Uh, why pitchers even throw him a strike is beyond me. Also, anybody but Jackie Bradley Jr. makes more sense for this team. Well, again, Jackie Bradley Jr. will likely be shown the door when Kyle Isbell returns in a few weeks. Uh, And Salvi's anything but a bad example. We were still complaining about Salvi's approach at the plate. I thought we left that in like 2016. I thought we've all just kind of um, accepted that he'll find himself in those stretches where he's chasing. Um, But I'll also note he has an 800 OPS. He's hitting 274. He's one of the three best offensive catchers in the American League. What are you talking about? Come around here talking about Salvi like that. Get real. From the 913, Vern, my hope for the final 100 games is that we win 45 and our spoilers in September. Okay, there you go. So a 45-55 and 55 finish. Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? 63-99. and 99. Man, I am with you. That is a perfect way to wrap up this deep dive into the text line. So let's tell you that the Royals return to action Friday night in Baltimore. Daniel Lynch on the hill for Game 1. Brady Singer on the hill Saturday afternoon for Game 2. Uh, wow. Great job, Royals fans. Really appreciate the ears, the text, the phone calls, all of it. Way to go, man. This team's 26 games below 500. I'll tell you this. The organization, ownership, front office, they listen. They know. They know. They hear you. I appreciate it. Chris Unocera, I appreciate your help as well. Talk to you guys on Friday.
1: Take care. You've been listening to Vern's post-game show. Diving is MJ Melendez. Did he make that catch? He did! Check out the All Things Vern channel on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app to stay up-to-date with your boys in blue. And a swing
2: and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball. Seventh strikeout for Daniel Lynch.
1: On your home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.